Hey, it's Big Nate, and welcome back to my channel, Big Nate Hobby Farm, where we talk about all things hobby farm related. Hey, I hope you had a good Christmas holiday. Everything went well. It was pleasant. We are back into the swing of things with the new year. We've got plenty of cold weather all around us right now. It's uh, turning out to be a pretty, pretty wintry winter for most of us, I think. Yeah, so uh, today's episode, I want to talk a little bit about fencing. It's uh, something that's been on my mind a little bit lately. Uh, I'm always seem to be doing, uh, you know, some kind of fence job somewhere, some fence project, fixing fences, replacing fences, or building new fences. Uh, you know, it's just one of the things we do when we have uh, property, livestock, and, uh, you know, fields and pastures. It's just what we do. All right, so a few things I want to talk to you about with fencing today. Uh, we're going to go over uh, purposes for fencing, different types of fencing. Uh, we'll go over some materials we use for building fence. And uh, we'll cover a few of the construction methods too. Uh, there's so many out there, a lot, of, a lot of good information out there, a lot of bad information out there too. Um, you know, anywhere you drive in the countryside, you'll probably never see... Uh, two fences quite the same everybody's got a different opinion on how it needs to be built and what you need to build it with we'll just go over some of the basic stuff all right all right so our first thing purposes what do we what do we use fences for you know i mean maybe we've got all the obvious stuff maybe it's not so obvious to some people but uh you know livestock containment that's our that's our big one that's that's the main thing we have fences for uh, keep our keep our livestock in where they need to be and, and out of the areas that we don't want them. Uh, we can also use fences for predator control. If you live in a you know you live in a pretty rural setting, got a lot of predators out there, coyotes, coons. Uh, maybe you live in an area that's got some wolves. You know bobcats, mountain lions, whatever you can think. You know wild hogs. Um, there's a lot you can do with fencing to keep those predators at bay. Uh, when it comes to coons and possums, you're probably not going to have a lot of luck keeping them out. Uh, property boundaries. Fences make great property boundaries. And if you have a good, strong, sturdy fence on your property boundary and you have some uh, pretty sizable uh, hefty fence posts on your post quarters, your surveyors will actually use those fence posts to mark your property boundaries uh you know other things we use fences for decoration you know maybe that doesn't really come to come to light for a lot of farmers but uh decoration decorative fences out there or even or even your fences that you use for any of these other purposes you want to uh make them look good for decorative reasons you know as that is absolutely a reason for building fence okay now types of fences that we can have uh, there's the ever-popular field fence. That's your uh, mesh sort of uh, woven wire fence. They call it that. You know, it's in a it's in a squared grid pattern. That's you know usually about four foot high or close to it. Sometimes it has you know six inch by six inch openings of square. You know, the wire makes a, a six inch by six inch square. Uh, sometimes the holes are smaller down towards the bottom. Uh, they even have a 12-inch by 12-inch field fence that uh, a lot of cattlemen use. 
Uh, but field fencing is by far the most popular style of fencing for uh, livestock uh, producers. Uh, we've also got uh, like a mesh fence, like a two inch by four inch square welded wire fence. That's it's a little bit like uh, weld or field fencing, but it's not it's not as uh, strong by far. It's it has nowhere near the um, tensile strength or resiliency as a field fence. But you know it can be a, a good choice. Uh, you know for you know small livestock. Uh, we've got electric fence. You know where you run, you you run a smooth wire. You know top bottom. You know I've seen as many as, as eight wires strung. Um, you know horizontally from everywhere from six inches off the ground all the way up to almost uh, fifty two inches up off the ground. You know they alternate hot hot cold hot cold. You know they hook up a uh, electric fence charger to them to give them their electric charge. Um, very, very good for keeping livestock off your fence. You don't want them rubbing on the wire. You don't want them, you know, trying to eat plants or, or brush through the, through the fence. They get one, one pop through that, you know, electric wire. Yeah, that, that, yeah, it usually keeps them in check pretty good. We got barbed wire fencing. I'm sure you've seen that. I'm sure you've, you know, heard about that quite a bit. Um, it's very strong. It's very resilient. It'll last a long time. I'll tell you what, guys. I hate barbed wire fence. I hate deal. I hate pulling it. I hate cutting it. I hate fixing it. I hate dealing with it. Period. Those little barbs, you'll park, poke you through the gloves. They get tangled up in your shirt cuffs, and you're not going to get away from a barbed wire fence job without some cuts and scrapes on you. I just, I absolutely hate it. Hey, it, it's great to keep cattle from rubbing against the fence, you know, because they like to scratch themselves. They aren't going to rub up on your barbed wire fence because that's going to snag all up, all, you know, all up in them. Uh, you know, the bad part is about that though is like some young cattle or you know young livestock. They're not really fence trained. You know, they try to reach through that barbed wire and they get tangled up into it. Uh, can turn pre pretty nasty. Uh, it, it can look good, you know, out there, you know, strung out in the field, you know, in a big long open pasture, you know. You got four wires of uh, barbed wire strung out there. It looks, you know, looks decent. Uh, but gosh, I hate that stuff. Uh, another type of fence that we've got, you may or may not heard of, is, is high tension fence. Um, it's not something that we use a whole lot of down here in the south or maybe, uh, you know, along the coasts of the country. It's kind of a thing they use out in big, wide open spaces in the Midwest to contain livestock. And it's, uh, if you think like a smooth electric fence, you know, smooth wire electric fence, it's kind of like that, only with heftier wire, stronger wire. Um, the post spacing is, is, is quite a bit higher. They put a lot of tension. I think the PSI on that, uh, on that, on that high tension fence is, you know, usually around like 20,000 PSI or something. Uh, you put a lot of pressure on it can it can withstand a whole lot of weight um it can get expensive though you know so you know the uh high tensile fence can be very expensive you know the wire is expensive your corner posts and your brace posts have to be uh, very resilient and built very hefty uh and that adds to the cost and then all the uh, hard you know the hardware associated with uh, a high tension fence um you know it all adds up so 
Uh, that's why we don't see a whole lot of it in uh, places that don't really need it. Okay, now some materials that uh, we generally associate with, with fence building. Uh, obviously posts, right? We've got wood posts. We've got metal T-posts. We've got fiberglass posts that are used a lot with electric fencing. Um, you know, there's just a lot so many you know step-in fence posts if you ever seen them it's like uh it's a steel rod with an insulated top that's got a little um flange on the bottom that you just step into the ground it's great it's great temporary fence uh but you know wood posts and metal t posts that's going to be your most common fence posts that we see out there wood posts being you know the winner of that is being the most common uh, treated posts, you get commercially treated fence posts, or, you know, we've got things like eastern red cedar or western cedar that make uh, great fence posts because they're naturally pest resistant and rot resistant. The uh, heartwood in them uh, will last years uh, without rotting away and breaking. Uh, I've used a lot of eastern red cedar posts when I first built my uh, farm. That's what I used. I had access to a eastern red cedar forest that, uh, you know, they wanted to thin out because it was very old and very mature and had a lot of huge growth old, you know, trees in it. Uh, they let me go in and cut all the trees that I want, you know, for uh, fence posts. So I spent days out there in the woods, you know, cutting down, you know, eastern red cedars and, uh, logging those out for fence posts did a, did a great job and they last me for a lot of years you know I'm just now getting to the point where I'm starting to replace them I mean so it's been about eight years uh, they've lasted me this long and and the south Alabama climate uh, so I think I think I got quite a, a bit of good use out of them I'm replacing them all now with commercially treated uh, fence posts you know that uh, greenish tinted uh, treatment that they put in uh, pine logs, you know, for ground contact and, and, and good treatment. It, it works well. The posts are very strong. Uh, they'll last for, you know, a lot of years, at least a couple of decades. Uh, so that's what that's what's going in right now. So that's what you're going to see uh, when you start buying, buying uh fence and doing projects. You're going to be putting in a lot of wood posts and these metal T-posts. The metal T-posts are, are very cost effective. Uh, they're, you know, they're coming up in price now along with everything else around us, but uh, used to be you could get a, you know, T-post for around three bucks a piece, maybe a little less if you got a good deal on them. Uh, you're going to start paying around $4 a piece for a good six-foot T-post now. Uh, you can still get, a, if you, you know, you buy them in bulk, you can still get kind of a deal on them. It ain't going to be that great of a deal, but it's still less than your wood post because an eight-foot treated wood post, if you get it, you know, uh, three to four inches in diameter, I think those are going to cost you around $12.99 now. I think that's what the prices are generally up to. Uh, if you want to get like a 6 to 7 inch diameter post for your corners, those suckers are going to cost you about 20 bucks a piece, maybe a, a dollar or two more. And just think, and you know, for a good corner post, you're going to have to have at least three of them plus two regular posts as your braces. Yeah, so that adds up in price real quick. The good news is they last a really long time. They'll probably be in the ground when you die. So hopefully that's a long way off from now. But uh, yeah, that's that's a little bit about those wood posts there.
Uh, other things we're going to have to have for fencing is obviously the fence wire. Like, you know, we discussed a little bit of the, the field fence wire that you can get in. Uh, it comes in rolls, generally 330 feet in length for a roll of field fence. Um, you can get it at commercial fencing suppliers in rolls. I think, uh, I think you can get 660 foot rolls of that uh, 12 by 12 square woven fence wire. Uh, that's a good option if you're going to be fencing a very large area, you know, several, several acres, maybe, a, you know, a dozen acres or better. Uh, the field fence comes, I think you can get the field fence in as short of a height as uh, 32 inches. I think you can get a 32 inch field fence tall and it goes all the way up to, uh, I think, 47 inch is your tallest uh General, generally speaking, I know you can, you know, if you go into specialty fencing and do like a deer fence or something, you can find rolls of fence that are like eight foot tall, I think, but we're really not going to get into that. So 32 to 47 inches is generally what you can buy your field fence in height. Uh, your barbed wire, are you going to buy that in rolls too? And then when you string that out uh, on your fence post, you know, you're going to be putting, your, unless you're putting that as like a top string above a field fence you're probably going to have at least four strands of barbed wire on, on your fence if it's a strictly barbed wire fence you're going to probably have at least four strands on your you know is what you're going to make your fence out of uh, electric wire you know quite the same way as that uh, barbed wire except you're going to have to use insulators because you can't short the electric wire out against those fence posts um you're going to be stringing anywhere from one to eight runs of wire up, up against those those fence posts. Um, unless you do like the temporary fencing with the step-in fence posts, and then you're just going to step those little temporary posts in the ground, string a wire on it, and that's all you're going to that's all you're going to have. Those aren't going to last you very long. They're not made. They're not intended as a permanent fence. Um, so you know, keep that in mind. Your high tension fence, uh, we're not really going to really go into that, you know, too in depth just because it's it's such a rare, you know, thing for hobby farmers to use. Uh, that's that's really, you know, that's really something going to be in play in, in ranches and large ranches over, you know, thousands of acres out, out, out in the boonies. <clears throat> uh, other materials you're going to need, you're going to need fence nails obviously because that's the only way you're gonna you're gonna tack that fence wire up to your fence posts um uh, tools that you might want to consider uh, when using fence nails is a set of fence pliers it's really hard for me to explain to you how to use fence pliers over a podcast but uh it took me it took me several years to understand the purpose of fence pliers and why they were built the way they were but uh w once i figured it out it, uh, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. You know, no more, no more beating up my fingers, you know, trying to hold a, a fence staple in place while I bang on it with a hammer. You know. All right, now let's go over some uh, construction methods. I alluded to uh, your brace posts uh, when, building, when building these fences. Uh, brace, brace posts and corner posts. 
uh, we have this thing that's called the H brace. If you've never heard of it, or maybe you've seen it and you just weren't quite sure what it was called. It looks like an H made out of three posts. If it's a corner, it's made out of five posts. There's a one post in the corner and then two posts, you know, come off of about eight foot. And then there's a horizontal post in between each one of these vertical posts. Uh, so it looks like an H. You can also have a double H brace post, which it looks like two H's shoved together. Uh, we use those for really long runs of fence. They're going to have a lot of fence wire pulling against it. Uh, they provide more strength. And how they get that strength is, um, is a subject of contention for a lot of fence builders on what's the best way to construct an H-brace post to get uh, to achieve the, the, the thing that I'm trying to get from it, which is strength without leaning over and leaning towards the direction that the fence is pulling it in. We get that with a strong corner post, the very end post, the, very, the post that's on the very end of the run. That's our corner post, and that is where all things trace back to as far as strength. We've got another post set eight foot from it in a brace, you know, post running horizontal, horizontally to it, making the H. And then we have a tension wire that runs from the bottom of the corner post up to the top of the H in the brace post. So if you think about it, what's it look like? It looks like a Z because you've got that horizontal post going across the top. And then that wire coming back in a Z fashion, going back to the corner post at the ground. And then, you know, the ground makes the bottom leg of the Z. Why do we do that? Why is it built that way? That's because when that fence starts pulling on that set of posts together, um, it's first pulling against the corner post. It wants to move the corner post in the direction of the fence, which makes that brace post, that horizontal post, uh, running across to the other vertical post want to go that direction as well. Well then that tension wire that runs from the top of that H uh, puts tension on that wire and that wire or that tension is fed back to the very base of that corner post. Well that base of that corner post is the pivot point and it's not going anywhere because the bottom post is buried into the ground and the top post is braced against the brace post which again you know runs to the tension wire which feeds it back you know feeds that tension back to the corner of the corner post. Um, you have to play it out in your head and, and maybe maybe research it a little bit online but I promise you that is the strongest way to build an H brace or a corner brace, you know, H corner brace. You know, and then after you get your uh, corner set and your braces set, then we, you know, you need to move on to uh, your line posts, you know, all the posts in between corners and brace posts. And your line posts are going to vary depending on the kind of fence that you're building, uh, your post spacing, the type of post that you put in is these line posts you know it's very popular to put uh, these metal T posts in as your as your line post because it saves on costs you know because you're you know you're looking at uh, you know four to five dollars a piece versus uh, you know 12 to 18 dollars a piece on on wood posts and your line post spacing can be 
you know, roughly the same with T-posts, metal T-posts, as it would be with, with a wooden post. Um, and that's, like I said, that's going to vary based on the type of fencing that you're putting up. If you're putting up a uh, field fence, you know, woven field fence wire, you can generally stretch that post spacing out on your line up to uh, 20 feet. You know, generally speaking, 15 to 20 feet is an acceptable amount of post spacing, you know, with field fence. When you bring that down to like a welded wire mesh fencing or a barbed wire fencing, you know, even, even some hot wire fencing, you're going to shorten that uh, post spacing down to like 8 feet. 8 to 10 feet is where you want to be with a lighter weight fence that's going to have a lot of livestock pressure against it. Goats, for example, love to rub up on a fence. So if you have a welded wire or a field fence type situation um, and you have goats, they're going to spend half the day rubbing up against that fence because they like to scratch their they like to scratch their sides and their fur with that stuff. That translates to a lot of pressure put up against your wire and your posts. So that's why you're going to reduce that post spacing down to eight to ten feet because you have to. The, the fence just has to be strong enough to, to hold that back or else before too long you're going to have busted wires, you're going to have broken wires, you're going to have laid over fences and then you know we run into a whole lot of mess. Um, now like with your electric wires depending on you know the construction that you've got set up um, you can stretch that spacing out if you want or you can you can shorten it uh, it, it depends on the characteristics of your livestock, whether or not they're going to test that electric wire a lot. If you have an eight wire electric fence and your goats are trained to a hot wire, they're probably not going to test that wire very often. Once they get shocked a few times, they don't have anything to do with it. Uh, you can have cows on the other hand. A mama cow, if you're trying to wean off her uh, calf, uh, there ain't nothing in the world going to stop that cow from trying to get out of that fence. I've had cows break down five-foot-high gates, jump over fences, tear that stuff down, and they will test your electric wire, you know, hourly um, and see if that is hot or not. So uh, <laughs> that is where you're going to have to have a strong fence when you're trying to wean a cow or maybe... If, hey, if you've got a, a hankering to think that you're going to have a buffalo, for example, listen, I don't know if there's any fence out there in the world that's going to keep a buffalo in, you know, you know, apart from uh, like a solid concrete 10-foot wall or something, you're going to have a hard time keeping a buffalo in. Uh, you know, just under that is a mama cow that you are weaning a calf from. That mama cow will do anything in the world to get over and nurse that calf uh, so you know side note you've got that situation going on it's a great idea to wean calves in a different location entirely where that mama can't hear or smell that calf that'd be your best bet uh, so yeah fence you know back back to the topic uh, line post spacing that's going to be um, your next project to tackle after you get after you get your corners and your H braces set. Not a whole lot to it. 
you string a line through the length of your fence, you know, the, the whole run of your fence, you, you're going to step off your distances, mark the places you got to put those posts in. You're either going to drive them in with a T-post banger or you're going to or you're going to auger some holes in the ground and you're going to set uh, your posts in there. Uh, and then after you complete that, that's when you're going to that's when you're going to drag out your wire. You're going to pull your fence uh, your, your your woven field fence out. You're going to string that out or you're going to roll out your uh, barbed wire or your electric wire and then you're going to start tacking it up to your fences there. And um, once you're complete with that, once you got everything dressed up, you know, you got a good fence project there. Put your animals in there unless you're doing an electric fence and then you got to hook up your uh, fence charger. You've got to get a fence charger from that. you got to set it up. you got to get your grounds grounded. Uh, you've got to get your hot lines insulated. And then once your charger's on and running, then you got to test those lines and make sure you don't have any shorts anywhere. Because uh, the worst thing in the world you can have when it comes to fencing is a hot wire that's not hot. Because then, you know, what are you doing? Uh, anyway, you know, that's fencing in a nutshell. You know, um, hey, back in the day when google plus was a thing you know that was uh if you don't remember that was google's attempt at having social media i had a google plus page that i dedicated specifically to fencing it's a it's a topic that i like and i, I like to work on fences i like to repair them i like to build them you know i like to admire good fence work you know out in the countryside so I would uh, stop occasionally if I saw a, a good-looking fence or even a really bad-looking fence. Anything that was interesting and caught my eye when it came to fencing, I, I'd take a picture of it. I'd post it up on the Google Plus page. That was it was the thing. It was all about it was all about fencing. My Google my Google Plus page. Uh, I love to talk about it. So if you have any questions, hey, feel free to feel free to email me at uh, bignatehobbyfarm at gmail.com. Uh, you can check out my uh, YouTube page as well, which is Wiregrass Hobby Farming at YouTube. I don't, I don't know if I've got any fencing videos on there or not. I can't, I can't remember. Uh, mostly, what I do is like small equipment reviews and just you know little things here and there. But you can check that out too if you want. Uh, it's very very low rent, low budget video making right there. I don't put a whole lot of. Uh, effort into my uh, technical videoing social media prowess I, I don't even have a Facebook page so I can't uh, I can't send you anything Facebook related uh, but yeah you know if you got any questions fencing related feel free to hit me up I'd love to answer it uh, until next time hey let's get to work <laughs>